When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents Cool Sheets from AHA to Lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my AHA moment, bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. The Play Fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.com. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. And welcome back to another edition of the Clairvoyant Thursday here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. And of course, you can stay up to date with the show when you're on the go and you download us on your favorite podcast app and give us that five star review. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here as I always am to kick off these shows with Mr. Brian Scott. Brian, how are we doing today? Doing good. Thanks for having me, Dan. Uh, absolutely love having you back-to-back days. We can dive into these injuries. It's going to be a longer list than it was yesterday. Yep. And uh, on another side note, usually I can start off these shows by saying, you don't want to watch the boring Thursday game. You want to watch us instead. But there are actually two good teams on. And uh, I know fantasy playoffs kicking off. 
quite a few fantasy players in this game. So I won't begrudge you. Just make sure you come back to our YouTube channel. Check this show out before you head into the weekend. Make sure you're checking out Billy Fantasy Live or uh, FantasySports.com for the rankings. And you can always catch us on the flip-flop too. So I won't blame you because there's actually a good game on for once. But, Brian, we got a lot to dig into. So I'm just going to go ahead and hit this thing because it's, it's going to be a longer segment than usual. Injury Inquiries. Oh, first and foremost, says it all, doesn't it? It does. Uh, yeah. First, first and foremost, we got a uh, we got Houston. We got the wide receivers. We got Brandon oh, yeah. Cooks, who has a calf slash I am retired from the Houston Texans injury, and then uh, Nico <laughs> Collins is also not making his way back. So talk about those two for me. Yeah, so uh, Brandon Cooks was limited. Uh, he did some individual drills, uh, but the team was still hopeful that he might be ready this weekend. Um, according to the coaches and some of the reporters, he looked good. He looked fast. He looked quick. But again, he was only doing individual drills, not doing team stuff, so really not doing too much. Um, calf injuries can, can be difficult, especially at the receiver position, so we'll see what he does tomorrow. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. If he doesn't go, Chris Moore, boof. He might be he might be getting ready to go. Uh, what about uh what about Damian Pierce? And this is a big time play here. Well, well let me go back to Nico Collins for a minute because I didn't I skipped over RB two most of the year. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I okay. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. I, I I I just um so he's been out since week thirteen. Uh, he has some type of foot injury. Didn't practice today. Didn't practice yesterday. Uh, I'm putting him at almost a zero percent chance of playing this weekend. It sounds like he might have some type of foot sprain. Not really sure exactly. Uh, but he has not p- practiced since the injury. So it uh, doesn't look good for him getting out there. Um, uh, I think we're just on some sort of delay here or something. I, uh, I, I was going to introduce Chris into the show since he was able to join <laughs> us just a couple minutes late. Chris, what's up, man? How are you doing? Doing okay. Having a little technical issues. He seems like you guys are too. Yeah, well, I'm not in the greatest location. As some of you might know by now, I, I am on the road consistently for work and kind of having to work off a mobile hotspot today. So that, that might have something to do with it. Plus, there's a lot of snow where I am, and it's just, yeah, it's just a mess kind of all, all together. So we're trying to get through it here. Um, I did cut off Brian. Brian, get back to your thought here, please. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we're, we're, we'll work through it. I'm, I'm going to keep moving. We'll go Damian Pierce. You had got, gotten to him. So um, now he's got a high ankle sprain. Uh, missed practice again today. Some reports were saying that he could miss up to three weeks. Um, but as we as we have spoken about in the past with high ankle sprains, those can typically take anywhere between four to six, sometimes even longer. Um, but at this point in the season, this is when they're more apt to kind of rush these guys and push them back quicker than they normally would, especially if there's playoff implications involved and they need him to suit up. Um, first stringer, you know. Which they're not gonna... with Houston, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, you know, that's going to factor into the team's decision-making. Um, otherwise, you know, you might not see him the rest of the season if it's that significant. So, I mean, you know, we're getting toward the end here. Yeah, I, I would be – it'd be hard-pressed for me to believe that you're actually going to see Damian Pierce this week. Uh, but because they did not officially rule him out yet, I don't have him taking out my rankings. We'll get into more about that later. They just cut, you know, Benjamin. So – it's going to get real slim as far as what backfield options are even going to be available to them. What about Cortland Sutton still dealing with the hamstring injury? Any updates there? Yeah, so this is funny because I think we talked about him like last week or the week before, and yeah. the team had come out and said, oh, this is not nothing significant. Don't worry about it. But then I, I alluded to the fact that they said that with Jerry Judy, 
and who missed several weeks with an ankle injury. And they've said that about some other players before too. Um, and here we are now. He's uh, missed the last week's game. He hasn't practiced at all this week. And so I don't see him suiting up this week. Um, as we've talking about, uh, spoken about hamstring injuries, I'm never convinced that a guy is ready to get back out there until I at least see him have one full practice under his belt. He hasn't even been on the get out on the field in a limited fashion, so I don't think we're going to see him suit up. Well, it's not just him this week for Denver. It also could be Russell Wilson, too, dealing with the concussion issue. Correct. So we, we might not see either one. So Brett Ripon. How, Chris, how do you feel about Brett Ripon throwing to Jerry Judy? I mean, is it going to be worse than Russell Wilson? He did, you know, Brett Ripon did have a touchdown pass. Wilson threw three touchdowns last week. He did. And you know, I know Russ did come, he, he did practice in limited capacity. So and there's a chance that he could play this week. And he's trying to turn you. Know, remember, he has that Wolverine blood. So you never know yeah. with Russ. Cure, cures, cures all. <laughs> cures all. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, he's not looking good. He's got an ankle issue. Now, did they ever say whether it was a high sprain or low? So um, he's missed another practice. I, I I didn't see any reports that specified whether it was a high or a low ankle injury. But given the fact that they played on Monday night, I mean, he's only a couple days out. Even if it was a low ankle sprain, if it's swollen enough and painful enough, stiff enough, you know, you got to be careful about rushing those guys back too quick either. So the fact that he hasn't practiced at all probably tells me that he's dealing with some significant swelling um, and pain and that's kind of limiting him. So I wouldn't expect him to suit up this weekend. Um, if he does, he's going to be heavily braced and probably taped, um, but it could be a true game time decision. But it would be hard pressed to see him out there without at least getting on the field in a limited fashion. Well, it makes this whole thing interesting heading into this weekend because, uh, first of all, uh, are they? I think they're the Saturday game. I could be mistaken. No, actually, I take that back. They're not the Saturday game. But Damian Harris, who did not practice the last two weeks at all, all of a sudden he's back practicing in full. He's looking like he's going to be good to go, and now it might be his backfield. Well, so he missed two straight games with what we thought was a pretty mild injury from what reports we were hearing coming out of uh, the Patriots land there. Um, but then he's been only limited in practice the last two days. And I've heard and read some reports that he didn't look like he was 100% as of yet. Um, so no, I didn't see that. Yeah, I've, I've read a few reports that, that from reporters saying that he didn't look like he was quite uh, back to where he should be. So uh, he could be like a last-minute game-time decision. Maybe he might be in a limited snap count. I don't think we're going to see 100% uh, Damian Harris, though, if he does suit up. So, I mean, we'll have to see what he does tomorrow heading into the weekend. But um, two limited practices this week after having missed two weeks is not not a good sign. Yeah, this will be interesting to see because if, if he can go, it'll be his backfield. If not, we're going to see the committee of a Pierre Strong and a Kevin Harris, and we'll get into all, all that, what that means later on. Uh, what about Jacoby Myers trying to work his way back still? Well, so he's been able to practice, but only in a limited fashion. So that you know, tells me that he's still not um, able to come out of the pro- concussion protocol. He possibly could find himself in a little rut. He might be stuck in the concussion protocol because what happens is there is a progression. You go from doing just a little bit of physical exertion to then doing some more football-specific drills to then eventually doing full, possibly contact drills, depending on the practice of the week. Um, so if he's not able to get through, if he can only get through two limited sessions back-to-back, that means he really hasn't advanced much in a day. So getting him to the weekend and being cleared from the concussion protocol, he's going to need to get a full practice in. Yeah, uh, Chris, what are you going to say? Uh, just you know, just a little update that the Patriots had to kind of uh, walk back their report that he was practicing in limited because the reporters uh, questioned when they didn't see him actually there anywhere. 
And when they pushed back, New England had to actually admit that he didn't do anything capacity. So he was, went from a limited practice today to no practice, just to kind of give an update. There was a couple of reports that went back and forth today. Because, Brian, I mean, you, you said Harris is limited. I saw a report that he was full today. So and I, I, heard, I heard limited, too. Yeah. So that, it, I yeah. think there's a couple of reports that might have gone back and forth uh, with, with New England. Uh, so we'll have to see exactly what's going on there. Tomorrow, we'll be keeping you guys up to date on on social media at Philip MDFF show like we always do, uh, but we'll have to get a good idea what's going on then. What about the Raiders? The Raiders might be getting Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro back this week. What do you think? Correct. Um, they both have been out since week 10. Um, I think actually uh, Waller may have even been out a little bit uh, before that possibly, but I think November 10th was the original date of their going on IR. Um, and so they now have been officially um, activated into the um, um, cl- cleared off IR, but not activated on the 53-man roster. So they have that 21-day window where they're going to kind of ramp up their activity and see. But uh, Josh McDaniels was not very optimistic. He's basically like, we haven't seen these guys practice in four weeks. We don't know where they're at. We're going to need some time to kind of evaluate them and see whether or not we're going to activate them. So um, I don't think they're, they're definitely probably not going to be ready this weekend. We'll have to see what happens next week as they ramp up their practices. And um, they're going to have to make a decision soon because uh, as the end of the season nears around, um, if they if they have a chance at the playoffs, they're going to need to make a roster moves. And if they are not going to be uh, part of that roster, they're going to have to be placed back on IR. And that will be the end of their season. Chris, how much of that do you think of Josh McDaniels trying to be coy with his former head, his former head coach, Bill Belichick? Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe these guys will be available. Maybe not. I think it's a combination of both. I think also these both guys, you know, signed recent big deals. And one of the things that they're probably concerned about is, you know, they're going back out there and getting that money guaranteed if they were to get injured. So I think there's also a part of, you know, at, Brian talked about the playoffs. I think, you know, Vegas pretty much shit the bricks last week and that, that ended those chances for the playoffs. So I, I wonder if this isn't, you know, looking at kind of the numbers and figuring out how much do you want to win this game and how much do you want to kind of make sure guys are going to be complete healthy so they're not locked on your books next year. I was honestly surprised they even activated their 21-day window because when these injuries happened for these two guys they got put on IR, I didn't think we were going to see them at all this season because I wasn't anticipating the Raiders being in the playoff hunt. So I'm surprised they're even opening up the door for that to happen, to your point, with the guaranteed money if they get injured. Uh, Rondale Moore, he actually wound up going on IR today. That definitely was not what they were trying to do in the first place because otherwise they put him on the IR in the first place when, when he first got the groin injury. So, Brian, what do you got on this? Yeah, so Everybody I mean, get out got- of Arizona. <laughs> yes. So uh, he got injured week 11. Um, you know, there were reports going over on during those last few weeks here that it looked like he might be ready. He was trying to get back. We had talked about it. We thought at one point he was going to be back week 13, week 14. And then uh, lo and behold, here he is now going on IR. Um, basically, his season's over. Um, yeah, I mean, those groin injuries can be pretty difficult to bounce back from. It must have been pretty, pretty significant. Uh, he had multiple attempts to try and get back on the field and just couldn't do it. I, it sounded like they were optimistic that he could, um, but it never quite worked out. Yeah, and it seems like after what we watched on uh, Monday night, it's going to be Marquise Brown a slot with Robbie Anderson on the outside and DeAndre Hopkins, of course, not Greg Dorch anymore. So I'm thankful for that, at least. Uh, Mike Boone, he's probably done for the season. No ankle? Yes. In fact, uh, I've read reports that he was placed on IR uh, ending his season. So um, I think he was had a stint on IR early in the year with an ankle issue as well, if I'm not mistaken, came back and, and now here he is going uh, back out on IR. So that's uh, unfortunate for him. 
And uh, last but not least on our list, because we could take Saquon Barkley off because he's practicing full now the last two days. Hayden Hurst dealing with the calf issue. What do you think is going on with him? So he missed second practice this week. Um, if he is unable to suit up, it'll be the second game that he's going to miss. Uh, Zach Taylor already kind of hinted that he's doesn't sound like he's going to be ready to return this weekend. So it looks like he's going to be shut down. Um, it wasn't very optimistic coming from the head coach there. It's better than playing a snap and then coming off the field, though. <laughs> that's true. So that's an improvement. <laughs> Don't worry, now, Chris. We're going to talk about Tyler Boyd Higgins. <laughs> now, Dan, uh, I, I think I had T. Higgins on my list, too. Maybe, I don't know if... Uh, Go ahead. If you got something on those guys. Well, so he was dealing with a hamstring issue. He's been limited in practice this week. Uh, only one snap uh, week 14 and then got pulled from the game. Uh, hasn't had a full practice under his belt since. And so, as, as we were saying before with hamstrings, you know, uh, until I see these guys get a full practice under their belt, uh, I don't expect them to be out there and giving 100%. So um, that's something to pay attention to. He might not be available this weekend. I want to know how he's practicing in limited capacity at all. You're only able to play one play. You got hurt in pregame warmups this Sunday, and now you're in limited capacity both this week. Even Tyler Boyd, for that matter. Zach Taylor said earlier in the week he wasn't expecting him to even be have no chance or little to no chance to play, and yet limited participant in practice again. So that whole thing going well, on with Cincinnati, they're like the new New England to me, where I don't trust anything coming out of them at all. Well, 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 Denver's probably the worst this season about that. I mean, that's, they've, that's they've like blatantly true. lied about the status of their players on numerous occasions. But, you know, limited practices can take on many different meanings. It really depends on the team and the practice session and what they've got going on. Yep. It could be as much as, you know, doing some routes on the side and running and catching without, you know, being next to the team and just doing working one-on-one -on -one with the quarterback, or it could be as much as just doing their rehab on the field. I mean, that's, there's a big gap and a big wide range of things that that could mean. So uh, I don't take it at face value. You really have to kind of listen and see what exactly they're doing. I look at some videos, see what they are doing. But um, when it comes to hamstrings, even, even a limited practice, whether no matter what they're doing, until I see them full, it, it doesn't bode well. All right. We'll have to keep our eyes on that tomorrow, too. That other game is also on Sunday. So, Brian, a little birdie told me you're not going to be here next week, so we will miss you a lot. But, of course, it is Christmas season, and uh, you're going on a little trip. Yeah, a uh, little trip with the family, get away for the holidays here. We'll be back in time for Christmas, and then uh, I'll be back the week uh, heading into New Year. So uh, I will be back short little stint away, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll try to update as much as I can while I'm on the road. Uh, won't have access to Internet the entire trip, unfortunately. But whatever I do, I will try to keep updated and keep everybody updated on what's going on in the world of sports injuries, especially the NFL as we wind down the season here. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to help you out by doing our best to keep you updated, at least with the news. We can't break down the injuries like you can, of course, but at least with the news and what everyone's saying. Uh, Brian, where can we follow you at and what, what else you got going on this weekend? Yeah, so uh, we'll be probably publishing our another issue of Inside the Medical Tent Week 15 here, probably tomorrow. And um, I'll just be doing my uh, Twitter uh, updates at host Brian Scott. Uh, you can find all old episodes from my podcast that talk a lot about these injuries we discussed tonight on the injuredlist.com and um, on Spreaker and at Belly Up Fantasy and the Belly Up Media website. Excellent, excellent. At host Brian Scott on social media, guys. Make sure you are checking that out. Brian, thanks so much. Enjoy your Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Hope you guys really enjoy your time getting away because everybody needs it once in a while. Thank you, guys. You too. Have a good holiday. You too. Take care. All right. Again, that is Brian Scott from the Injured List Podcast. Make sure you give him a download wherever you listen to your podcast at. And make sure you're following him at host Brian Scott on social media.
Okay, Chris, the playoffs are here, man. I haven't, get, I haven't got to talk to you this week. The playoffs are here. It's week 15. The playoffs are here. It is. And boy, it's lots of fun decisions to make this week 15. The NFL did you great favors last week as you got smashed at the quarterback position, the running back position going into the playoffs. <laughs> concussion, concussion, ACL, concussion. Yeah, and things got real interesting real fast. It's real funny because we're coming off a week where we had six teams on by. So my rankings looked a little weird because of that. Now at the quarterback position, because so many guys got hurt, they look a weir- little weird again, even though everyone's playing and available. And, of course, we got the game going on tonight on Thursday, which has a lot of fantasy implications in it already there, too. Uh, but tonight, it is the Clairvoyant Thursday, which means it is the second half fantasy football preview of Week 15. So we got eight matchups to talk about. We're going to kick it off. With these four teams in the first segment, we got the Cowboys against the Jaguars, the Chiefs against the Texans, the Cardinals against the Broncos, and the Patriots against the Raiders. Now, I mentioned the Saturday thing earlier, and none of these teams we're going to talk about are playing on this Saturday. But keep in mind, there are three games on Saturday, so you're going to have to make some decisions a little bit early in the week than you normally would. So just keep that in mind. Make sure to check these out at bellyupfantasysports.com. We'll have our rankings updated for you guys a little bit earlier this week than we normally would. Uh, but Chris, let's go ahead and just dive into our obvious starters. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Okay, obviously play Patrick Mahomes, one of the few quarterbacks who didn't get an injury last week, thankfully, going up against the Houston Texans. Now, I actually have him down at my QB5 right now instead of QB1 or QB2 kind of area because, well, we do know that when it comes to Houston, they seem to be this vacuum where you just run the ball on them so much that no one bothers to throw the ball. I have a feeling Kansas City will be probably the exception to the rule, at least to some degree, probably in the first half, and then maybe in the second half when this game is probably well in hand, I would imagine, because I don't think they're going to take them as lightly as the Cowboys did. Then maybe we'll see a lot of running after that. But what do you you think? Are Are you at all worried that Mahomes might not have the volume? This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. No, the coach is still Andy Reid, from what I understand. So whenever Rouse is doing something like, like running the ball, that's usually Andy Reid will just zag for no reason. So I think, as you kind of alluded to, I don't think you know Kansas City kind of start running the ball to the fourth quarter. That's what they do. They'll throw, throw, throw. It may you know, get lulls at times, which happened last week, but eventually they'll just hand the ball off in the fourth quarter when they get up. So I think that's what you're going to see. They'll throw. They're going to be trying to be aggressive, and this defense isn't very good, Kansas City. So, so they'll never be able to put up points. Houston was able to put points because Dallas. I think it's a different matchup, but you know you got to take it serious for at least in the beginning. And I think Patrick Mahomes going home to Houston, he'll have a little bit of fun in this game. I think he'll be throwing the ball around the field. 
Oh, by the way, Texas I think that's a key for me. And that's actually a point. Was... What? I was just going to say real quick. Te- tax- te- I was going to say. I was going to say, Texas and the tight end is also a match made in heaven. So it's like playing Seattle. You're guaranteed to get scores. Travis Kelsey's been a little bit of a lull the last two weeks. Boy, it's a get right game for him this week. Yeah, so he's my Patrick tight end Rose, one. I I answer that. Yeah, he's my tight end one. He's my tight end one every week. But yes, I expect him to get back on track as well. Part of our obvious starter group there. And I was going to say, I was going to bring up the point that Patrick Mahomes is coming back home to Houston uh, in tomorrow's show, during the Cashing Friday show, when we go to bet that game, because right now it's a minus 14 line in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Some people might be, you know, weirded off of that after what happened with Dallas last week. Spoiler alert, I will not be. Uh, let's go to our other obvious starters. Josh Jacobs becomes my RB3. The only reason he's not the RB1 this week is because that's in reflection of the Patriots having a decent defense and Derrick Henry getting to play the Chargers. Outside of that, you're playing him. You love him. I don't think there's really anything else to say there. A wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He finally gets a good matchup, and I think there's a good chance he gets back on track this week, and he kind of needs it too. Yeah, I think it's an absolutely great chance for him to kind of get back on track. And C.D.'s been getting better. He was kind of taking that you know step as the elite number one receiver you kind of hoped him to be. And then the last couple of weeks, you kind of see the tail off. It wasn't really CD's problem. It's more so the running game been really effective. You know, Zeke's returned with Zeke back and Pollard back. You know, being effective, the two those tandem guys are kind of eating up a lot of the yards and eating a lot of the touchdowns. So CD's been still kind of used, uh, but I think he's going to get back on track. And this is a game that I think that they're going to score some points. Jacksonville's playing pretty good offense. I know a couple of weeks ago against Detroit they only scored seventeen, but that was doing more drops than anything. But Trevor Lawrence is playing really well, so it seems to have to score some points as well in Dallas. It kind of struggled versus Houston, so I think you're going to have to continue to put points, and I think that's CD's a guy, a guy to have in your lineup this week. Yeah, I think there's a very good chance Dallas comes out a bit more aggressive early on in this game after what happened last week. Uh, moving on from that, I did want to highlight DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins, you're obviously starting him. He's my wide receiver 10 on the week, so I guess you could say, like, I'm not maybe as big on the guy as you normally would be, would normally have him inside the top 10. I'm not worried about Colt McCoy. That's not what bothers me here. He's had 26 targets in the two stars with Colt McCoy. The volume will be just fine. What bothers me is Denver's defense. Number one defense against the wide receiver position. I'm just not expecting a ceiling game out of DeAndre Hopkins, but he's still in my lineup with confidence. What I'm concerned about is that DeAndre Hopkins lines up on the same side of the field in the same place 80-90% of the time. So when you look at that and you have a Patrick Sertan who's been you know, falling around the best receiver and been shutting those guys down most of the time, it's an easy pickings for him to kind of be able to lock on one guy, know exactly where he's going to be, and be able to stop stop him. So I haven't seen anybody take advantage of Patrick Sertan one on one when he knows where you're going to be outside. And you know, you go well, and people Adam, hide him in the well, slot. Okay. I see what you're <clears> saying. People, people hide him in the slot, move him around. You can kind of do that, but when I know exactly where you're going to be, and I can kind of play that technique. I'm really curious to see what Hopkins is ceiling now. He's usually going to target him regardless, but it's going to be one of the better matchups, you know. And it's not a matchup you're going to love as a Hopkins owner. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that as well. Uh, Devontae Adams, speaking of the devil, comes in my wide receiver three position. Chris, any any worries about, you know, the old Patriots take away your number one option? I'd be more worried about Jacobs than I would be Adams. They can't take away a number one receiver. We saw Justin Jefferson prove that already a couple of times. Um, and then Patriots in general, you've seen different receivers, number ones have been getting off. They're not the same kind of secondary they have been in the past. What they can do is they can stack the line. They've kind of done that against other teams, trying to take away the run. So they go for Minnesota, for example, but they can't stop the receivers when you move them around. All right, let's, that's it for the obvious stars of these matchups. Let's get to our lock, lock of in. It's a lock. 
going back to Dallas and expecting them to be a little bit more aggressive offensively, I got Dak ranked, I think, the highest since he's been back. And I have him at QB6 heading into this week. Look, Jacksonville's terrible defensively. And the nice caveat is that offensively, well, they've been playing quite a bit better. And they've been able to put up points on teams. Now, I don't know how great they're going to play against Dallas with that great defense. But it does tend to be that this could be a more aggressive game, potentially could be a higher scoring game. And again, with a corrective game script in mind, I would imagine for this offense, I got Dak pretty confident right now as a QB six. What do you think about that? I'm a little cautious about that. Now I, I hear what you're saying. I also know the options aren't you know, necessarily wonderful. So it's, it's going to probably be probably what you're looking for. But when you look at Dak Prescott, you know, I liked what I saw this past week. But until before that, this guy's been not really, you know, pushing the ball down the field at all. And then when he did, he's not been very successful. So I don't see that, if, you know, less Jacksonville really lights up the scoreboard. Dallas can kind of run on Jacksonville pretty consistently. So Dak's not going to be asked to do a lot. And that's where I'm a little concerned that there's a little bit more of a, you know, the ceiling I might be a little bit more worried about. I think Dak, you know, can put the points up. I think Jacksonville's even is definitely still exploitable. I just think that when it comes to what Dallas does, they're going to be able to kind of get the ball the back's hands and they can be very effective versus Jacksonville team. So I'm kind of more curious to see, as we saw, you know, since Zach returned, there can be the big touchdown games, but if the touchdowns don't come from him. The yardage isn't really having been there this year. Yeah. I, I, Dak needs to get right game. There's absolutely no doubt about it, but he's exhibited even with his conservative, conservative approach so far this season, he's exhibited a quarterback floor and he hasn't had too many, Terrific matchups like this on their docket since he's been back from his injury either. I think things are going to work out just fine this week. But I'm, that doesn't take away the fact that I'm locking in both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott as top 20 plays. I got Tony Pollard coming in as an RB15 and Ezekiel Elliott coming in as RB19. It worked out last week when I had them both inside the top 20. I don't see why it works differently against Jacksonville. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this is kind of, you know, the, Dallas is realizing what they're built to do and that's kind of ride the backs and then kind of cd off of that and you know a little bit of Dalton Schultz sprinkled in and i think that's what you're going to kind of see prioritized i think if dallas gets its way they prefer to kind of get this game over as quickly as possible and a big easy way to do that is kind of establish the line of scrimmage around the ball so i think both these backs have been very effective they score touchdowns and it shouldn't change this week here's a guy we got to talk about and that's Travis Etienne. now he is coming into my rb18 this week i still i still think you have to play him as an RB2, because ultimately he's still getting 80 to 90% of all the work out of the backfield. So you can't find running backs who get that kind of workload anymore. However, I was not to say that I'm not still worried about a floor. Dallas fifth worst matchup for a running back to have the last four weeks. He has not finished higher than 25th on the week at the running back position. He's been 51st over the last four weeks. It's been a huge slump for Travis Etienne. So, Chris, I ask you this. Will you play him in your fantasy playoffs if you had Travis Etienne right now? It depends on what my options are. I mean, I think that if you don't have a whole lot of options, and of course you're probably having him in, I think that worse, he's a flex option. But as you're kind of talking about, I think, you know, his his slump, quote-unquote, has coincided with his injury. He got injured a couple of weeks ago, and injured the same foot that he had injured before and previously in college. He's not, well, he's not explosive. Travis Etienne can't do anything else. He's not breaking through tackles. He's not a strong guy. He's fast. He's fast. He's quick. So when that's limited, that's going to be a problem for him. So I do think that his ceiling has been you know, limited. 
you like to, as you talked about, 90% of the touches, and you like the volume is going to be there. Dallas team that it looks good on paper. I still think the defense is overrated in a lot of ways. But I think ultimately, you probably have them in your lineup. But if you have a better option, possibly, I might look because I don't necessarily love what I've been seeing. And this could be more of a game where you see, you know, Travis. Trevor Lawrence kind of continue to put the ball in the game on his shoulders. That's been the trend for the last couple of weeks as well. Yeah, something him not being involved in the passing game is what's making this whole thing ridiculous because he should be more involved in that aspect of it. He should have a floor based off of that, and that hasn't been coming. It doesn't make sense why not because it's not like he's getting, he's not getting taken out on third downs. He's not getting taken out on two-minute drills. So something we have to see if it gets corrected this week. But ultimately, the volume is what makes me still have him as an RB2 this week, even though maybe I'm just not going to expect a ceiling production level out of him again. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, now he's higher on my board. I actually got him an RB16. I believe that's the highest I've had him ranked since he's taken over the starting job for the running backs. Look, it doesn't come as a surprise. It's against Houston. Chris, as you alluded to, I'm expecting at least come the fourth quarter, if nothing else, it's going to be a run, run, run city. And Pacheco has actually been running pretty good over the past few weeks anyway. Yeah, he gets his 15 to 17 carries. He gets his 70 to 80 yards. It's just the key is there you can get your touchdown against the Texans. You have a better chance than most. So that's an absolutely good play. The only thing you're kind of concerned about is Jared McKinnon has been cutting a little bit more carries. Now, I didn't get a whole lot last week at the big plays in the passing game, but he had eight carries, nine carries, I think, the week before. And I think you see, you know, she's just getting up for playoffs. So you don't necessarily need to do it for the Texans, but I, I do think they're going to kind of start using some other guys and start using things as they kind of, you know, fine tune for the playoffs. I think Pacheco is definitely a good play. RB2, I think, the worst, but I don't love the ceiling necessarily, even though it's the Texans. No, I totally disagree with you on that. I love the I love this matchup with him <laughs> going up against. Well, the your, well, well, let me ask, what you like your ceiling for tra- like for him right now? Like, what, what kind of what would it be like a boom game for a Pacheco that you think is a reasonable expect? Uh, I need you to back up. Can you say that again? Well, it'll be like a well, you know, you talked about the, the ceiling. What kind of ceiling do you see like as a potential that he could have? What kind of game were you thinking you know, against Houston? Kind of produce. Against Houston, we 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 would be talking about him as a top six running back this week against Houston. I mean, that, that's the kind of ceiling that we are talking about with Isaiah Pacheco. The Chiefs, whether it's they get up early or where they run early, Pacheco's been running very effectively and very efficiently as of late. Playing against Houston, who's already the worst team against the running backs to begin with, there is absolutely no reason why he can't finish inside the top eight, top six even this week. Two touchdowns, very much in the possibility. 100 yards, very much in the possibility. We've seen him already have games like this prior to. Uh, yes, the ceiling is there for an Isaiah Pacheco. I think his floor is closer to where I have him ranked right now, actually, at RB16, because I know regardless, come the second half, I expect the Chiefs to run the ball out. And as far as getting other guys involved, that hasn't been the case. They haven't looked to get any other buddy, anybody else involved outside of McKinnon and Pacheco since Clatterler has gone down. So I, I don't. I see a very high floor, a very high ceiling for Pacheco. I wasn't sure if you had a rebuttal to that or not. Oh, no. I, I was just curious because I, 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 you know, the Chiefs play a lot of soft defenses lately, and they've played a lot of, you know, teams that you can run the ball versus, so I was just kind of seeing what you think his ceiling was based on, because it's the Texans, I know you're looking at it as a boom factor, but they play the Raiders, they play the Chargers, they play different teams that you can definitely take advantage of running the ball, so I was just kind of curious to see what you think his ceiling is. Chargers, he had 100 yards and a touchdown that game, and, and Raiders yes. played, he was efficient against the Raiders. So, uh, yeah. No, I, no, I, I, efficient I, versus ceiling. Game, like I was, I was closer curious. to 20 carries. One hundred percent. James Conner, he's also on my highlight list here. He comes as my RB seventeen, and uh, the, look, the, the the quarterback change doesn't affect really James Conner in a negative way because all it means now is apparently Colt McCoy just dumped the ball down to him. The 
big thing over the last three weeks is that James Conner is back to being the workhorse back that he used to be. Like he was last season when Chase Edmonds was out of the way. If he's going to get the, he's going to get these catches on top of the fact that he's always a touchdown threat when they get inside the five yard line, he's back at my RB 17 position and not really shaking loose with that unless he gets injured again. And it's, it's only a slightly below average match against Denver when it comes to the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I totally tend to agree. I think that, you know, you've seen the volume there, and I think that kind of gives you the safe floor maybe that you can find a reason to put him in your lineup. Okay, and then, uh, well, I got Stevenson here at RB20, but we're not expecting him to play. Let's We'll get into Damian Harris and the, the rest of the backfield in a later segment. Uh, Christian Kirk is my only lock-em-in wide receiver for this group. I know last week it was, it was Zay Jones and it was Evan Ingram. It, it's been Christian Kirk for the most part, and even in that game where he was the odd man out, he still had seven targets in that matchup. They're going to need Kirk to be the one to make the plays against this Dallas defense because you have to get the ball out much faster. You have to go that are your go-to options. You're not going to get to your second and third reads as often, which is what Zay Jones and Evan Ingram is. So I expect Christian Kirk to have a very safe wide receiver two type of day. What do you think? I think it's this guy I'm going to continue to play. He is probably their alpha receiver. You haven't loved the target share necessarily. You haven't loved the production over the last few weeks. But for the most part, he's going to be involved week in, week out. So there's very few guys you can kind of bank on that, and usually you're going to have those guys in your lineup. DMR831 commenting in. Does he... Chris Olave or Christian Watson this week? Chris, go ahead. I'm going to go with Christian Watson this week. I know I'm a little bit concerned about Dobbs' return, or Dobbs' return, how you want to say his last name. People have different ways. Dobbs, um, yeah. I do think you know, uh, you know, the weather is going to be a, little, a bit of a, an issue possibly in Green Bay. We'll see about that. But I think one guy who can kind of throw the ball a little bit around is Aaron Rodgers. I like tall receivers, like fast guys. And don't forget, this guy went to a, a, a cold college, so he has, he's played in the cold before. Um, and I think that's going to kind of, you know, He's in his benefit, so I like Watson this week. He's a guy who scored, you know, touchdowns into every game, so you got to keep riding that hot hand. And has been talking about a ceiling. This guy can drop 20, 30 points and has done so a couple weeks here and there. Yeah, I totally disagree with you. Uh, the, while Watson has been scoring touchdowns, he's only been getting six, seven targets, meaning the regression for the touchdowns, it's going to come. Because you can't keep feed, feeding off of that low volume. The addition of a Romeo Dobbs may just take away that much more. And we still know Alan Lazar will be out there running his routes, having his role. And ultimately, the Packers shouldn't be a pass-first team to begin with. So are they a run-first team this week? Are they a pass-first team this week? They go back and forth on what that's going to be. I know Chris Olave is going to be the number one pass catcher. I know Chris Olave has a fantastic matchup this week against the Atlanta Falcons. I have Olave all the way up at wide receiver 14 this week with Christian Watson down at wide receiver 29. So I couldn't be more different than you are on this one. Yeah, well, I think it's just with the Pacheco thing. And, and you know, you talked about Pacheco's upceiling and that he's only scored three touchdowns the entire season. Um, so I don't know if he's going to score two in a game, but I think Watson has been the guy who has scored multiple touchdowns. So I'm going for the upside. And I'm going to kind of ride the hot hand in offense that has kind of looked better. New Orleans has been trending downwards. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. I think the matchup versus New Orleans is fantastic. I would have been more excited, you know, they would make a switch a quarterback. But I think it's not a bad option either way. I think, you know, great choices for you going into week one for playoffs. But either way, I think I'm going with the upside. I think Olave has been a great play, so I can't argue strongly against that. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll go upside with a low floor versus a high floor and a good matchup, and we'll see exactly what shakes it out. But, yeah, interesting interesting point there. I get, and, and to your point, it does depend on what, what's, your, what's your matchup looking like, DMR. Are you the underdog? Do you need to take a shot? Or are you guys 
sitting up the top or you're looking pretty good. You have a, more options, more better of a solid lineup than whoever you're playing the first round of playoffs. That matters too. And that can dictate how you want to go in that direction as well. Uh, this gets to lock them in tight ends though. I'm locking in Dalton Schultz as a top five tight end this week. I think that should come as no surprise against Jacksonville. No matter what's going on with Dak Prescott, his safety blanket is Dalton Schultz. So I love him there. And then Chris, I'll let you talk about both these guys. Greg Dolchich is still going to be a lock him in tight end for me again this week. I got him a tight end 10. I know it didn't work out from a productive standpoint necessarily last week, but he still had eight targets. He's still the second pass catcher. We know Cortland Sutton is probably not going to play. I don't care about Brett Ripon coming at the quarterback position. There's only two guys to target this upcoming week. Oh, and by the way, Denver is playing Arizona the one of two great matchups you could have. It's either them or Seattle. Frankly, you want to play your tight ends against all the time. So I have Greg Dolchich locked in his top 10, and I have Schultz as a top five. Where yeah, I think that's a good call. Uh, you know, look at Dolton Schultz has been one of the guys who's been more consistent, and you can, as he gets healthier and as his Dallas team continues to score points, you like to have him in your lineup. And I've heard, you know, Dolchich, it's, I think the key is, is that when we look at tight end position, we know it's all over the place. This is a guy who's going, I talked about earlier, you know, Christian Kirk. He's going to be game planned in week in, week out. And you're always going to see the high volume and the high ceiling necessarily, but you're seeing a guy who's going to be probably the number two passing you know, person in the blue chain most of the passing plays. And one of his best games was with Brett Rippon this season. So the quarterback chain isn't going to hurt him. It's a, court, it's a team that's basically down to Jeff, Jerry, Judy, and him. He's playing slot receiver right now for them. So when you have a tight end who's the second on the food chain and playing a slot receiver, you're probably going to have him in the top 10 re- option. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Oh, with that, let's go ahead and go to our lookout for group. Lookout for... Lookout for Trevor Lawrence. Now, it's a tough matchup on paper against Dallas, of course, and there's the, the possibility that the pass rush against that offensive line winds up overwhelming and becomes too much, and there is a floor here. Having said all that, I still have Trevor Lawrence as my QB 10 coming into this week. He has finished inside the top 10 three of the last four weeks, including number one overall last week. And the game script favors Trevor Lawrence. If Jacksonville keeps this game competitive, it's because he's playing really well. If they don't, then he's coming back in the second half with a ton of volume. So either way, I think he has a safe floor, believe it or not, this week. And I got him as a QB 10. What do you think? I 100% agree, and I also think that, you know, one of the things that doesn't get talked about very much and is still an assumption from the past is Jacksonville's poor offensive line. This is a PFF top 10 offensive line rated this whole entire season. You know, when Trevor Lawrence was struggling, it wasn't because of pressure. It was actually – Is that you're actually good, the, though, with, with the offensive line play this year in general? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think – look at Brandon, Brandon Scherf. you got a top-tier top guard. You have two tackles who are competent. In today's NFL, that's very rare that you have two team, a team that has two competent tackles and a good guard. I mean, I just put that out there, and they actually have a backup who's decent in the tight tackle. So, I mean, I, that's where I think it's very interesting for a Jacksonville team. You know, Dallas has kind of feasted off those defenses where they can kind of, you know, definitely get the pressure all day, every day. But when they don't... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. 
And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Then it's a whole different Dallas team you're attacking. It's not very big. It's not very physical. It can be exploited in the secondary. They did lose more players in the secondary. They're down another corner, down another safety. So I think Trevor Lawrence, as I talked about earlier, has been trending in a fantastic direction. He loved the 360 you saw last week. He's running. You see a lot of Andrew Luckish fantasy numbers right now, and I think that's exciting for you. So you're going to kind of continue to put that in your lap if I could. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, my lookout for running backs for this group is uh, Jerry McKinnon. I got him at RB36 and Latavius Murray at RB32. I don't know what to make of the rotation going on in Denver right now. Now, all of a sudden, Marlon Mack is involved, kind of. I mean, he had the big play, didn't get that many touches. But the only reason we were banking on Latavius Murray to be a, a viable play is because of all the volume that he was getting up to this point. Now, we might have another rotation on our hands. So he's a flex play for me, but only if you have no other option to go to, frankly. And on McKinnon's side, now that he's done with his wide receiver one performance, I don't think that's going to happen again this week. And with the Houston game, I just feel like that script goes more towards a Pacheco type of game script where McKinnon maybe gets 10 touches in this game and maybe that's it. And you're hoping he scores a touchdown. Very low and flex play for me, even though it is a big time matchup. So what do you think about those two players this week? I like McKinnon in a full point PPR. Um, I do think you could throw on the linebackers. This team plays a lot of soft zone. So what you're going to see the Chiefs have to do is going to have to do a lot of dinking and dunking. And you're going to see, I think the backs will be able to kind of exploit that. And I think that McKinnon has been that, that guy. And we talked about 10 to 12 touches. I don't know if it's going to be enough, but as of late, he's been pretty explosive looking pretty good. So I like to run what I saw you know, two weeks ago and running the ball, like what I saw last week, catching the ball. So I think he has, you know, a, a, a possible flex option that you can consider, um, especially a full point PPR. And I'm sorry, who was the other back that you talked about? Oh, Latavius Murray, what's going on? Oh, Latavius Murray. Well, that's probably why I didn't really realize and remember who it was because I refuse to play Latavius Murray. I mean, people can. They can argue for why they should. I just can't. This Denver offense, you know, stinks as it is. I know that you know, talked about the volume. You get the volume if they're kind of in the game. The defense is kind of starting to wear out a little bit, so the games haven't been necessarily as close. They have to come back throw a lot. Latavius is not a great pass catcher in case somebody didn't realize that. Um, Marlon Mack is more explosive, but, you know, he's got two touches. Now, he did kind of fill in for Mike Boone's role, kind of, quote-unquote, but I'm not trying to find Denver running backs right now. Yeah, I'd rather not play that if I can all help it as myself. Uh, Look out for getting to the wide receivers. So, Zay Jones, he makes the list. Yes, great performance, and he's been a guy who's gotten double-digit targets. Actually, I have it here three of the last four games. He's finished as the wide receiver 22 over the past four weeks. Now, I do have him at wide receiver 34. Again, I'm going back to, I think this is going to be a Christian Kirk type of matchup, not necessarily Zay Jones. And Zay Jones had a lot of games where he's gotten like six to eight catches, maybe 70 to 80 yards, doesn't score, has a fine game as a wide receiver too, but not what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. So I do have him as a little bit lower. There's a lot of wide receivers actually this this week in particular that I like. And that's why he comes in my wide receiver 34, but still, a strong flex play for me at the very least. What do, where are you at on Zay Jones? Are you more confident than I am? Less what? Maybe a little bit less. I'm more confident in a full-point PPR. We typically talk about the half-point PPR. We kind of do this show. And I don't love yeah. Zay Jones' ceiling. 
And I don't want to love what Zay Jones has kind of been getting you. You've seen the targets, and that's wonderful. You're getting the eight, nine, eight, seven last week, but you're not really seeing the efficiency. And as you alluded to, there's not a whole lot of explosiveness when there is the, you know, completions actually do get there. So if he goes out there and gets you three catches, you know, for seven targets, who cares? And that's what I mean. I'm not really chasing Zay Jones this week. I like the other guys, but more I like Christian Kirk's upside. I like Ingram's matchup better for the safeties. So the other guys is passing attack a little bit more than I like. And the, oh yeah, so after that we got Juju Smith Schuster. He comes to my wide receiver twenty one, and he's the only, look. I'm gonna say it every week. I don't care. It's the same analysis. That's fine. He's the only Kansas City wide receiver that I trust. Plain and simple. There's Travis Kelsey, and you're asking what Chiefs wide receiver? That's Juju Smith Schuster. And at this point, he's done enough consistently when he's not injured that he needs to be a top twenty four receiver. He needs to be a wide receiver too. So that's why I got Juju. I got my wide receiver twenty one. Yeah, I think that he should be thrown into the running back Chiefs situation because he basically is the glorified third running back in this Chiefs running back attack. Um, and therefore, he has that you know that role you talk about, that volume that you're going to live off of. And playing a team versus Texas without Stigley, they have no secondary players, so you can definitely have a floor option there. And then after that, we got Jerry Judy sitting in my wide receiver 26. Now, you got the hat trick last week. I'm going to go on a limb and say that probably doesn't happen this week, but still has a safe floor. And I got him as a wide receiver three. And that's why I'm going with Jerry Judy there. I don't really have anything else for that. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, you're much you're much lower than I am on Jerry Judy, actually. I was big on Jerry Judy last week, and I continue to be a Jerry big on Jerry Judy. As long as he's healthy, he is the only wide receiver on Denver. And let's not get it twisted. Jerry Judy's good. So not only is he the only guy getting the ball. He's good. We saw Ma St. Brown do this for Detroit last year, and people loved having that in fantasy time, especially fantasy playoff time. So Jerry Judy, to me, as long as he's healthy, the situation Denver's going on the court with something that's coming back anytime soon. Those other receivers will come back anytime soon. But it's Rippin, whether it's you know Russell Wilson, it doesn't matter. This I think Rippin matters. I think I think Rippin does does in fact matter because those deep shots are not going to be there. He's not going to even take those shots. So I, but do I don't think, think Jerry Judy has to live off of. I think I don't think Jerry Judy has to live off deep shots. I think that's maybe where we're different. I think he's a good receiver who can pick up the routes. Okay, there's just feeling. I'm saying I like his floor. That's why I'm his wide receiver three. I don't think he has to live off of it to be productive, but I think he's going to have the ceiling, especially the end zone efficiency. Brett Wright, but I don't trust in the red zone. And that's where it becomes a little bit tougher as far as the ceiling is concerned, which is why I have him as a high-end wide receiver three. I'm with you, though, Chris. I want to make this point very clear. There's a lot of people out there who seem to be questioning whether Jerry Judy is actually a good wide receiver. And that's just bogus. You don't know football if you don't think Jerry Judy is a very good wide receiver. Whether or not he ever gets the opportunity because Russell Wilson's here to stay, I don't know that part. But this is an excellent wide receiver. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, this is also a coaching staff that's shown the tendency they can coach for, they can get one guy open. <laughs> uh, my last lookout for wide receiver would be Marquise Brown. Now I, I have him just just making my top thirty six. I got a wide receiver thirty five this week. Not big on what his opportunity is going to be against Denver either. And even with him playing the slot, I don't really care. It's it's Colt McCoy. It's a lot of check downs. The big play won't be there. That's not who he's going to go to in the red zone. I like the the floor is okay as a wide receiver three as a flex play because you might not have a better option. He's a good player. I don't like his ceiling this week. I mean, I don't know if I like his ceiling per se, but of the guys who I'm going to see get a decent amount of volume, I think Colt McCoy loves to throw to the slot receiver. He's shown a tendency to do that every start he's had. Um, 
then I'm going to look for a guy who can break one, who's extremely explosive. So that can be something you would maybe to kind of consider. Now, I don't think Denver's a team that you can necessarily going to go out there and get 15 targets and you know, dominate the game. But I do think this is a guy that if he can make one guy miss or two guys miss, he can take it to the house. So you like the opportunity that this guy's going to see a lot of volume. You know, offense is, you know, I don't think Robbie Anderson's going to see the ball. So I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about anybody. Uh, Hopkins. Hopkins is going to get his targets. Brown's going to get his targets. And that's all I really focus on. You have Connor on your, you know, as, as an option as a re- running back. I think Marquise Brown's just as good as an option to receive. Oh, Marquise Brown is not as good of an option of James Conner. Like, let's, let's, let's not get those two things conflated. Much higher chance for Conner to score a touchdown. Obviously, he's going to touch the ball a hell of a lot more, too. I don't think those guys are in the same stratosphere. If you're looking at flex plays, let's say, there's no way I'd be contemplating between James Conner and Marquise Brown. It'd be a no, no decision for me. So what second receiver has Denver shut down this season? But I'm supposed they to be so scared of That's why they're number one against the position. They're number one they, against the wide receiver position, not just number one receiver, all the receivers. Yeah. Well, they played like teams like Carolina where DJ Moore had a very good game against Denver. There's been different games where other receivers have done good things against Denver. Part of the reason they're number one is because they keep the goal score very low. It's the very slow-paced offense. It's not because the defense is so elite shutting down everybody. It has been hemorrhaging over the last three or four weeks now, and it has been taken advantage of. Talk about Denver, talk about Kansas City, and Juju Smith-Schuster had a good game. Different receivers got involved last week. It isn't a defense; it's just shutting you down. So that's why I mean, I understand it's good. Houston had a good. I don't game. think it's nobody shut- else had a good game. Kelsey didn't even have a good game. One receiver had a good game. Well, I mean, part of it was also McKinnon. Who else had a good, had a good game? Well, McKinnon, yes, that's coming out of the backfield. That's a different but, story. But that's that's breaking a long touchdown, and that's all I'm trying to get to. There's been big play touchdowns versus Denver this entire season, which is what Keith Brown can actually do. I haven't seen Connor score anything big time, and I haven't seen running backs really you know dominate. The carries versus Denver unless they get up. So that's where I'm curious to see how this game's going to unfold. I have more trust in Marquise Brown this season, this week. Okay. Well, we'll have to see exactly how that plays out. Uh, what about the tight end position? I'm looking out for Evan Ingram. Now, he makes my top 12 list. I didn't want to put him in my top 12, but I feel like the guy who finished number one tight end overall last week, it's hard, hard to not at least keep him as a low-end tight end one. I actually have him at 11 there. I updated the graphic. It's the worst matchup you could possibly have as a tight end against the Dallas Cowboys right now. And his usage is streaky. I mean, weeks 9 through 12, there was a guy who didn't see more than four targets, and all of a sudden he blew up. Uh, so it's hard to bench a guy like that, but ultimately I'll have him as a low-end tight end one this week. Where's your confidence level out on Evan Ingram? Yeah, I think this is where it's always been. You know, this Jacksonville team is going to kind of use him at some role, uh, where it's the four catches for 14 yards or it's down the field. You have no idea from week to week how it's going to kind of unfold. That usually depends on what Zay Jones does. So I think he's going to be involved in other tight ends that you have options for. Ingram has probably a better chance, as you talked about, a low-end tight end option because he can get in the red zone. He can score. You're going to have to kind of match Dallas's firepower in a sense. So he's just as good as an option as anybody else to kind of have him on up once you get past his top guys. And uh, well, last but not, I guess not least, I do have Darren Waller at tight end 13. And we don't know if he's going to be active yet. But just looking at the other tight end options – and if Waller does get active, and if you're sitting there and you don't have one of these Everett, Dolchich, Ingram, Cole Komet guys available to you, I'm fine with you playing him. And he's actually my top, would be my top, you know, tight end two heading into this week. Hopefully you have a better option than that anyway, because I don't want to touch anybody who I have ranked outside the top 12, frankly, this week at that position. I only wanted the guys I have ranked from at, from eight on <laughs> in that position, if I could be at all honest with you. So Darren Waller, take that for what it is. We'll have to wait and see if he's even active. Chris, let's just go ahead and dive right into our Be Cautious of players. Be Cautious of
be cautious Derek Carr. I think it's a bad matchup for him against New England. I, I think a couple of picks is definitely in his future. Plus, Chris, as you like to point out, can't trust this guy. <laughs> you can't trust him. Even when he's doing well, you can't trust him. No, I mean, I, what I do like some things the upside with, you know, I think Adams can get open versus team, but I think they're going to feature taking away the running attack. And when they do that, Eric Carr kind of gets confused what he's supposed to do when he doesn't, and things aren't kind of scripted out for him in a sense in front of him. And I think it's going to be a problem. I think New England's going to kind of grind this game out. I think the offensive line is going to be a problem for them as well. So I don't like Derek Carr's upside. It probably has a decent floor compared to, you know, just because there's such some pickets because of the injuries, you know, with Brian earlier on, how many quarterbacks got slammed at the new position. So Derek Carr might be in your lineup, but it's not somebody, you know, if I could try to figure out some of the other upside options, I'm, I'm definitely looking for one. All right, and then we got be cautious of Hunter Renfro. If he does play, Jacoby Myers, if he does play. The other guy is Michael Gallup. Now, people might be looking at the Jacksonville situation and say, oh, well, maybe Gallup can be a flex guy. Other than one game this season where he had two touchdowns, he's just not been involved in the offense enough to trust him. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, whether yeah, James Washington returned a couple of weeks ago, there's been that flirting with Odell Beckham. It's obvious you're not kind of banking on Gallup being that, you know, the guy they want to feature in his offense for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but it doesn't seem to be the, what they're prioritizing, and I haven't really seen that be reflected on the field as well. And then you're not playing Trey McBride because nobody in the tight end position for Arizona has been emerging since Zachers has been out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got four more matchups to close down the second half preview of the first week of your fantasy football playoffs for week 15. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt to couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back into a clairvoyant Thursday here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. You can always stay up to date with the show on the go when you download us on your favorite podcast app. 
and please give us that five-star review. As always, I'm your host, Dan Meter. Joined here with Chris Dowhauer. Chris, I think I should be calling the show the five-second delay show because everything I hit is like on a five-second delay right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting through it. Days. It is. It, yeah, it, re- it really is. We're getting through it. We got four more matches to talk about with our second half preview. And uh, it's fantasy playoffs, so everybody needs to know, okay, what are these line decisions we're going to be making? So to wrap this thing all up, we're going to be talking about the Titans against the Chargers, the Bengals against the Bucks, the Giants against the Commanders, and the Rams against the Packers. And, of course, that has to be the Monday night game, right? Because that's going to be uber exciting. Yeah, ooh, ooh, can't wait for that. All right, Chris, let's just dive into these matchups because no matter what is going on, no matter how bad the game may be, there still may be fantasy implications involved. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Uh, Justin Herbert is my QB four. Joe Burrow is my QB three. They're my two obvious starters for these slate of matchups. You have anything? Because I have the I have the graphic up there right now. Do you have any disagreements with where they're listed at compared to the other quarterbacks? Anything there? No, I think you know the two of the guys who've been trending in the right direction, particularly Joe Burrow. Whether he has Jamar Chase, Higgins, whoever is out there, it doesn't seem to matter. They throw the ball around the field. Jamar being back is going to be huge. So he'll still have somebody he can kind of feature. And then, you know, Herbert, as long as he's got weapons, it's been looking good. Like Williams returned, was, you know, last the whole game and played well. So those two things with Keenan Allen as well, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert's probably a guy going to be top five. All right, so we go to a running backs. And uh, I got Derrick Henry's my number one running back going up against the Los Angeles Chargers. And Austin Eckler's my RB4. Joe Mixon, my RB8. Any, anything with those three guys, forget the guy I want to highlight here. No, I mean, I think, you know, look at the, the thing, the Chargers that you know, don't get confused what happened to the Dolphins last week. I think this is a good Denver, you know, Charger defense all of a sudden. So Derrick Henry has a great right. matchup. And he was doing really good until, you know, the second half of that game versus Jacksonville. Well, and also keep in mind, too, Dontrell Hillard is going to be out. So Henry has gotten involved in the passing game here and there when Hillard has not been around, too. Just well, he, add a little he, extra floor. I was going to say, yeah, he had 100 yards by halftime last week. It was he just, did. you know, the rest of the game, they kind of couldn't stop anybody on, on defense. So that was where he kind of got, you know, the ceiling was <laughs> the one he wanted to do. I agree. It probably will not go the same exact way. Uh, the guy I want to highlight in this group, though, I'm still obviously starting Saquon Barkley, but I do have him as an RB11. So he's still an RB1, but kind of on the lower side for me heading into this week. The reasons are, it's not the neck issue that he had last week. And the the usage, the rotation that he was in last week is more reflection of the fact that he was injured. I don't think that's going to be the case this upcoming week. The problem is, is that he hasn't been playing well. This offensive line has been banged up and not playing well. And the commanders, have actually been one of the tougher run defenses now over the past six weeks. This is not the same defense we saw earlier on in the season. I have a little bit concerned about Saquon Barkley. It's been a little while since we've seen him pop, but ultimately the volume keeps him still for me as a low in RB1. But what do you think about Saquon? Yeah, you do have some concerns. Now, what I think could save his day if you know, the Giants get smart, especially versus you know, Washington, you throw to your running backs versus Washington. You don't run the ball up the middle because they have spent right. three number one draft picks on a defensive tackle position. So they're pretty good there. And they just got back there. You know, they're all world tight. Defensive ends should be healthy this week. So you put this from, you know, the front four is pretty good. The linebackers aren't great. So you can, can you know, exploit the linebackers. There's a chance for Saquon to have a big play. The problem is, is he doesn't look as explosive right now. And a big part of that is because every eye on the defense is on him. There's nobody on that giant offense taking any attention from anybody else. So 
I don't necessarily love Saquon's ceiling. Of course, you're playing him because it's Saquon. You know, he's going to be getting something. Well, and you illustrated it perfectly right there. Throw the damn ball to your running back. Remember earlier in the season when Saquon was the entire offense? Over the last few weeks, he's not getting targeted the same way. That's that's a big problem for why his floor has been the way it is lately and why he hasn't been to lock him in RB1 every single week. But there were some people out there this week amongst the fantasy industry talking about, well, maybe Saquon Barkley's no longer an auto start. They're out of their minds. He's definitely still an auto start. But maybe he's not the same ceiling you got the first six weeks of the season right now. I can understand that part of it, but he's still an auto start for us here. Uh, how about Jamar Chase? He comes to my wide receiver. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Five. This week, I think that's the highest I've had him since before his injury. And uh, I mean, it comes as no surprise. We're not expecting T Higgins to play. Even if he does, he's going to be limited. We're not expecting Tyler Boyd to play. Even if he does, he's going to be limited. It's a lot of targets going up against a, a, a weak secondary there. Jamar Chase, eh, lock him in as a top five. I shouldn't obviously start him actually as a top five pick for me. Um, and that's the last one I got with the obvious starters. You got anything on Jamar Chase before we move on? No, I mean, I think this guy could probably easily finish number one on that list because what you saw last week is you saw a healthy Jamar Chase. You saw, you know, as you talked about, we're not really sure what the other targets are going to be out there. We know he's going to get the ball. If he's healthy, he looks as explosive. I like what's up, so I could be this week. That part was kind of surprising to me that he's he's 100% healthy. Like, we're, we're not even like, well, they, 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 held, they held him out purposely to make sure he was 100% healthy. That's why I'm, they basically showed you what's under the engine last week, and it's now. Now, or in the hood, I should say. Now, people should be cautious because it's it's gonna be problems. Yeah, exactly. Let's move to our lock them in players. Lock them in. It's a lock. I don't need quarterbacks to lock them in for this group, but I do have a running back. One running back, actually. I'm locking in Aaron Jones against the Rams. Believe it or not. Now, the Rams have been kind of a weirdly tough defense, even without Aaron Donald over the past couple of weeks. But he's back. I know he's limited today. There doesn't seem to be any concerns about him not being 100% healthy heading into this game on Monday Night Football. Even if he does share some of the extra workload with A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones is the running back who needs to be in your lineups. He is a top 12 guy for me. And eventually, I think the levy's going to break on the Rams without Aaron Donald there. Yeah, I want you to convince me this is the case because I I, I have Aaron Jones in the fantasy league on, you know, that I do off the show, and and part of that is I have concern about Aaron Jones because I look at this game, it's in Green Bay, it's cold. A.J. Dillon's been dominating the ball as it has the last couple of weeks. You talked about 100% healthy. Jones I Jones is, that's I, a big factor. Hold well, on. I was going to say that's going to be my part because you said 100% healthy. There, I think you know, what he missed now is an ankle. This is the third injury they list. I don't think that's going to be 100% healthy this week, so I don't want to you know say that part. I think he's going to be – might play – and that um, I, I'm kind of curious to see. The expectation is he's going to be off the injury report come. Well, yes, yes, Saturday. yeah, he'll, 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 yeah, he won't. He'll play. Like I said, he'll play. Um, but I'm curious to see where he actually can do because I haven't seen you know the upside last like, couple of weeks as a game that you can easily run versus a team. You talked about Rams kind of holding together by fumes. I think the levy could break, but I'm worried it's AJ Dillon who breaks the levy. I'm I'm not worried about me when Aaron Jones is actually getting his full repertoire of. Of, of work 
he's still outpacing AJ Dillon by a decent clip. Even the past couple of weeks, that the first game he got hurt, AJ Dillon only saw three touches until Aaron Jones got hurt that week. So this there's a kind of a misconception on how close this split actually is when both these guys are out there on the field right now. I'm not, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so worried about this. No, I'm not so worried about the split. What I'm worried about is anything taking away from the touches because Green Bay isn't an offense that has a lot of touches. They don't, you know, this isn't a fast paced offense and they, and they have different mouths they're feeding now. I have seen as they got more mouths to feed or the food chains are kind of, you know, separating. And Aaron Jones has kind of been the one who's been getting lacking the touches as a result of that to degree. We have another receiver coming back this week. So that's where I'm concerned. I was Aaron Jones in the passing attack that was giving him kind of his floor. If that's not there, then I'm concerned. So that's, I, I don't want to not like Aaron Jones because I agree with you. He should be explosive. Should be a great matchup for him. So well, I was going to let you kind of convince me. I don't know. Him. Well, that's really true. I'm sorry. I think I'm losing. Well, Lazard, Aaron Jones has still had seven. Can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yes. I, I was I was saying even with Christian Watson in the games that he's been emerging and even a healthy Alan Lazard, he's still getting seven, four, or five targets. The passing game has been there, so maybe his carries have gone down a little bit, but he's still ultimately getting about sixteen to nineteen touches on average. That's plenty for Aaron Jones. I, I okay. I haven't seen the sixteen to eighteen touches, but I, I'll go with that. That's what he's been getting. He's against against Tennessee three, three weeks ago, seventeen opportunities, nineteen opportunities. Excuse me, against the uh, Eagles two two weeks ago, sixteen opportunities. The only time he didn't get he got less than that, he still had fourteen opportunities against Chicago, and that was the game he got hurt. Okay, I uh, a little bit different numbers than you were saying the first the first round. Right? That's kind of why I was curious. They're not any different. What are you talking about? <laughs> 14 uh, carries we, versus we, 20. He had, he had one game versus 20, and you're act, you, you basically you're acting like he's getting 19, 20 touches every game. And that has, that's, he got 20 16, touches one of those I games. said he's getting 16 to 19 touches every single game. Okay, I didn't hear the 16. I'm sorry. It just came, it came 19 to 20. That's all I could hear. So. No, I, I never said 20. I said he's getting 16 to 19 touches every single week. The only week he hasn't reached that number was the game he got hurt, where he still had 14 touches, even though he got hurt in the first half of that game. That, that, that's more my, that was my point that I was making. Okay. So that's why I got Aaron Jones anyways as an RB12. Yeah, I know the internet connection's kind of off here, so I have to make sure the communication's actually uh, going back and forth or know where we're going at. Uh, anyway, going back to our lock in section, I got Keenan Allen. He's sitting at my wide receiver 13 this week. Loving him, locking him in, loving the target share that he's been getting, even when Mike Williams back. Just, this offense is just back to what it was. Look at last week. The Chargers won that game 23-17 to against the Dolphins, a game in which they led the entire way. And Justin Herbert still threw the ball 51 times. The passing volume is keeping everybody uber-relevant this week. So I'm locking in Keenan Allen's top 15 play. What do you think? Yeah, as long as Justin Herbert's with the quarterback, Keenan Allen should be in your lineup. And then you got Chris Godwin at wide receiver 23, Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 15, locking both these guys in as wide receiver twos. Now, McLaurin, he's been really good since Taylor Heineke's gotten over. We don't have to go into that. With Godwin, I hope you're in full-point PPR leagues. That's where he has a lot of value at. Even in half-point PPR, at least he's got the nice floor because he's getting insane amount of catches and targets. It doesn't seem to go anywhere. It's like 60 yards. If he happens to score, great. But he's the only receiver I think you can actually trust to have a floor right now in Tampa Bay. So I'm still locking him in as a top 24 option. What about you? Probably the only player you can trust to have a floor in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah. 
totally agree. Uh, so let's, with that, let's go to our lookout for options here. Look out for. Look out for. Let's talk about Tampa Bay. Let's look out for the backfield. Rashad White, RB30. Leonard Fournette, my RB31 this week. Just flex options. <sighs> you don't feel great about either one, but because both guys get worked in the passing game the way that they do, you can't ignore them. They are flex plays. So, Chris, which one do you have ranked in front of the other, and do you have any trust in these guys? Um, I have trust in I, – I don't know if I have you know, one ranked in front of the other. I think that it's kind of, you know, looking at if you have one, I don't think they're bad flex options. If you have, you know, Depending on what else you're looking, I think either one could be a flex option for you this week. Then we got Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. So we got another running back by committee that I have inside my top three. I have a little more confidence, actually, in these guys going up against the New York Giants. I got Gibson at my RB28, Brian Robinson at my RB27. We're hoping with the bye week, Gibson's a little bit healthier, and he still dominates in the way of the passing game as far as the overall usage is concerned. But past couple of weeks now, especially the week before the bye, Brian Robinson gets 21 carries in that game. Now, all of a sudden, it's looking like he's starting to pick up some steam where it looked like Gibson was maybe starting to take back his role, but then not, not so fast. So, Chris, kind of the same question almost. Which one do you trust more against the Giants and what should be a good matchup here? And I like both these guys as higher-end flex plays. I probably trust Brian Robinson just because I think that he's got the best chance to stumble into the end zone. I don't like necessarily, you know, guys high ceiling. I think it's giving them a lower scoring game like the first round was. And I think as a result, you know, the running game will be part of the factor. I think Mike Robinson has the best chance to kind of fall into the red zone. Gibson continues to be banged up. He's still, you know, limited in practice, even despite them having a bye. So I'm kind of, you know, worried about what he can kind of bring without his speed and his kind of explosiveness because basically he has. So I think, you know, Robinson's the guy I'd probably go with. I, I, I tend to agree. Now, Gibson, I still, still think, has the, the, the bigger upside as far as hitting a big play, if he's healthy enough to do so. And before the bye week, even though he was, banged up going into that game, he still had 15 opportunities in that matchup too. So he's still getting his share of work, which is why I still like these guys as RB3s. But yes, the fact that he's not 100% coming off the bye week, it leads you to believe that they'll still probably lean on Brian Robinson in that situation. Moving from that, so I got Cam Akers at RB33. He's fallen into the end zone the past couple of weeks. Uh, so I do have to have him as a top 36 play as a potential flex play. Chris, do you have any confidence in Cam Akers falling into the end zone a third week in a row? Because that's pretty much what you need here. I don't know if I have, you know, super confidence in it, but I think it's a good chance. And I think that what you've seen is the Rams kind of feature him as their featured part, you know, part of their offense in a lot of ways. The current Williams experience hasn't been taking off. It's been Cam Akers, and I think that's going to continue kind of looking to do. Green Bay has been a team that's given up a lot of yards rushing. You can run the ball versus them. I think this is a chance it's going to be a cool game, like I said, on Monday. So I think it's a good chance Kate Akers has you know, just as much of a chance he's had the last couple of weeks to do. And I, I think it's an option to have your lineup because, you know, to put Latavius Murray earlier, I love Kate Akers, my lineup, and Latavius Murray. So I think there's some different guys when you're looking at what, what your choice, choices are. Kate Akers might be one of those choices you want to put in your lineup. And A.J. Dillon, of course, is a lookout for. He's also a flex option for me this week. We talked about that already. We go to wide receivers, and uh, I don't think Tra- I thought Traylon Burks would maybe have a chance to play, being they already missed a week, but he hasn't practiced yet. So this, this is looking more and more like this isn't going to happen for him. So we can kind of just move that off to the side. Mike Williams, he does come in as a wide receiver twenty four. Now 
back in action last week. He still played less snaps than Joshua Palmer, and he still only had six targets. But man, oh man, did he make the most of those six targets last week. So I have him as a wide receiver 24, Chris. Are you with me in having him as a low-end wide receiver too, or am I too high? No, I think it's where you have to have him. And I'm not worried about, you know, whether how many snaps he got. We talked about this in other shows. It's about the targets. And are you going to be involved when you're out there? And obviously he was. And he's getting the money downs, the money opportunities. Mike Williams is their best red zone target. So what what I want to have an option to have a guy who's a good red zone target who showed me he's healthier, finished the whole game last week healthy and was explosive. So I'll go with those things as our definitely as a receiver two option. Here, here's a good one for you. I'll let you go on a little rant on this one too. Uh, Mike Evans, he's all the way down in my wide receiver 31 this week. He finally got the targets last week. He got nine. It didn't matter. It was four catches, 44 yards. They're just not on the same page, Evans and Brady, that is. It's already the sixth worst matchup that you could have for a wide receiver. He continues his five-game streak of no 100 yards. He continues his nine-game streak of no touchdowns. What? What do you do with a Mike Evans right now if you're in the fantasy playoffs? I think he's just, you know, you still play him as a receiver two, I think, a receiver three at worst, or a flex option possibly. Maybe you're not playing with your flex options that are better. But as a receiver two, receiver three, I mean, look, it hasn't been what you expect it to be, but last week there was a touchdown wrapped off the board right off the beginning of the game that could have been an easy touchdown. It was called back on a holding call. Mike Evans had, you know, been the whole different story of what he looked like on those targets last week if he would have scored that big play and 60-yard touchdown. But it broke that narrative of, you know, what he hasn't done. Having said that, Tom Brady's been absolutely terrible outside the hashes. He saw another throw to Julio Jones later in that game where Julio Jones was wide the hell open and Tom Brady underthrew him off of 10 yards. So there is a concern about, you know, whether you can get the ball down the field. Not where about Cincinnati's secondary and the numbers that it shows because that's not the same secondary that you're seeing right now. This is a secondary that was good for most of the season previous them losing their best corner a couple weeks ago. And I think as a result, I think you can still get Mike Evans in your lineup. I just don't necessarily love the upside that you're hoping to get. Yeah, 100% agree with you there. And uh, well, we already know your thoughts on Christian Watson, that we're different on that one. What about Alan Lazard? He comes on my my wide receiver 33. I still think he's a flex play. I still think this is a guy that has his main perimeter role and should get worked in. He should be seeing some regression to the positive in the red zone, I would believe, upcoming with the amount of touches he has had over these past few weeks. See, this is going to be interesting. This is what this game is going to be curious. Green Bay doesn't score points, and everybody can't be a flex option at Green Bay if this team's not scoring points. Well, so no, that's, that's, that's kind of good. why everybody's a flex option, because like, well, we know somebody's going to score. We just don't know who it is. Well, well that's kind of, I guess that's my kind of my, I'm getting at, in a sense. like We can't have everybody playing these guys in their flex and think they're going to get the points that they're going to get, because... I think you're going to have people who are going to fall short. You have Dobbs coming back this week. Dot Watson, for what he's living off of right now, is Lazard's role. Lazard was the red zone guy. He was the touchdown guy. Devontae Adams lived off that for you know how long for his career for the last four or five years in Green Bay. That's what Watson's got now. Lazard has become the kind of possession guy. He's not going to be the explosive guy down the field. He's not going to be the red zone guy. Now, what I am curious is the weather. If I trust that, you know, when it comes to who Aaron Rodgers trusts the most, probably, I would imagine it should be Al-Lazard. So if it becomes, like, who I'm looking to get to in the weather, maybe it makes Al-Lazard, you know, more utilized, and it gives him kind of that, you know, upside, makes him a good flex option. But otherwise, it's going to be hard to try to see all those mouths get feed. And I, I mean, mouths get fed. And I worry about the passing game in general, that, you know, they might get suffered. I, I don't know if I can 
confidently put Lazard in my lineup. I can't argue, you know, depending on what your options are, he's not a bad option. He definitely can score a touchdown. Just, just to kind of throw up the graphic here, I have him ahead of guys like Zay Jones and Marquise Brown at the moment. Uh, I have him ahead of George Pickens, who I have down at wide receiver 36. He just belongs in that tier for me. I, I agree with you. Not all these guys are going to get fed. Somebody's going to dud out. And I think you, with, that's why with any of the Packers, especially the receivers, I'm not really too worried about the running backs, but with the receivers, somebody's going to dud out. Somebody's going to have a low floor. And I'm a little bit worried about that. But, but all these guys, well, both these guys, I should say, just these two, I think I have to still be ranked as wide receiver threes heading into this week. Uh, it's a tight end position. Look out for Gerald Everett. We got Donald Parham coming back. I still have Everett as a tight end nine for me this week. I don't think Parham's first week back, he's going to be that significant of an impact. I think Everett will still lead the way there. But now we have like Williams back in the fold and Keenan Allen's getting his like, you know, Keenan Allen like target share. It's really spreading things out thin. Austin Eckler's not forget him, the most targeted running back. Now, this, this offense does throw a lot, so that's why there's ways for all these guys to still be able to get find a way to get fed. But do you have any concerns about Joe Everett? Is he outside your top 10? I have a bias against Joe Everett. I have Joe Everett fatigue. I get player fatigue when I hear about guys, you know, they're upside every week. This is a guy that everybody's been listening for like four or five years have been trying to figure out a reason, you know, justify having a lineup. It's like the the Jared Cook of, you know, the new, new Cook in the line is something you want to have every week. I, I just tired of him. Everett's a guy, you talk about all different other mouths to feed. Maybe he's in your lineup. I'm just trying to figure out somebody else. I don't like him. And I, I can't argue he shouldn't be your top 10 because anybody would be top 10 right now in tight end position. But there's another guy who just seems to never kind of deliver when you want him to. And with all the extra mouth to feed, I'm not really trying to change it in my first round playoffs. He just he fills in that that low end tight end one area because he has been good in certain games and certain matchups. It's just again, he's as volatile as all the rest of them are. <laughs> Basically, is what it boils down to. Let's go to our be cautious of for this group. Be cautious of. We're not playing Ryan Tannehill. We're not playing Tom Brady ever again. We're not playing Baker Mayfield, even though he went on a ninety eight yard game winning drive on fantasy football. We're also not going to play any of the other. Here's one we could talk about. We're not going to play any of the other Tennessee wide receivers. I'm not playing Nick, Nick Westbrook, Ikine. I'm not playing Robert Woods. They don't have a passing game without Traylon Burks, in my estimation. Do you have any confidence in them? I mean, look, Ryan Tannehill's been having a decent floor the last few weeks, and what he's been utilizing is the tight ends. And I think that's the two guys that I kind of like. I like the core. I can't say his name correctly. Um, and Hooper's actually been pretty good. I, I can say his first, first name. Chico Zim. I can say his first name. That's it. I yeah. can say his last name. I can only say yeah, his first so name. I, I call him O last night. Um, so I'll just play. I think O is an option. And I think as a result, you're seeing a team that has to kind of push the ball down the field a little bit more. Ty Dunn does prefer to throw the ball. So you know, Ryan Tannehill's not sexy, but he's he's been doing Ryan Tannehill stuff. And he gets you that 16, 17 points. No matter if it's Traylon Burks, Westbrook Aheen, it's Kyle Phillips. It wouldn't matter right now. That's what it does. Ryan Tannehill thing gets you 16 to 17 points and it's what you gotta live with. <laughs> Good or bad. <laughs> I totally I totally agree. I'm not playing I because of Josh Palmer with Mike Williams getting more snaps, I would assume moving on, he'll get lower on the list and be the wide receiver three of that team, usually be the odd man left out. If Tyler Boyd was gonna play, I wasn't gonna trust him this week. And I don't trust any of the Rams wide receivers with Baker Mayfield. I'm not going to try to hit a home run dart with a Ben Skoronek or a Van Jefferson or a Tutu Atwell. I'm just, I'm not touching any of those guys. Any, any comments on any of those me- names that I just mentioned there? We do our DFS show tomorrow. I don't love any of those guys necessarily that you just have in your leagues. 
But I mean, I think Brent Skronik and Chuchu Atwell are guys that maybe you could consider because Brent Skronik is a t- classic guy for Baker Mayfield to throw the ball to. People remember him throwing to Higgins all the time in Cleveland. He loves that slot receiver. He loves that guy who's going to be open for eight yards. Um, so I could see some floor for that guy. And then Chuchu's, you know, been involved one way or another. So if you're looking for an upside swing, you could throw him in there. But yeah, I'm not loving either one of those guys. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there as well. That does it for the show. Get ready for your fantasy football playoffs. Again, remember, there's three Saturday games, so make sure you're ready for that. Make sure you're following us on social media, at MDFF Show. Make sure you check out BellFantasySports.com for our updated rankings throughout the week. We'll be back tomorrow night for the 10 p.m. Eastern Cashing Friday show. It might just be me and Chris. We might not have Chaz. I don't know yet for sure, but we'll get back to you on that. Either way, we'll talk about our DFS lineups and our lock bets of the week. Chris, you'll have your Tuesday night show, correct? We do. We're continuing to kind of coach you guys through. Hopefully you got through your first round of the playoffs and we kind of get you ready for round two. That's Belly Up Fantasy live at Belly Up Fantasy on social media. Make sure you give them a follow as well. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you again tomorrow night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.